0: So, as the angels take the field, we're about ready for the first pitch ceremony with the Queen of England, ready to toss out the first ball. How about that queen, ladies and gentlemen? Let's have a nice
1: round of applause. Rest in peace, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II.
0: This is It Was a Thing on TV.
2: and
1: gentlemen, I give you, the Dregs of Humanity! Episode 305, Submission Number 064. Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Good Morning, Miss Bliss, aired on NBC and the Disney Channel from July 11th, 1987 to March 18th, 1989 for 13 episodes If you include the original pilot.
2: Although I should note, the pilot only aired on NBC. The rest of the run aired on the Disney Channel and then later in syndication.
1: All over the place. We'll explain this after the theme song.
2: Yeah, let's play the original theme song. Here we go.
1: growing up in the late 80s and early 90s, are familiar, no doubt, with Saved by the Bell, the first Saturday morning sitcom that was made with a primetime budget, obviously. But not many people, well, actually, many people also are familiar with the strange case of Saved by the Bell the junior high school years. But there's an incredible story behind those years. And we're going to get into that story on this episode because the junior high school years weren't originally Saved by the Bell episodes at all. No, it was a completely different show. And it came at a time, an interesting time in the history of the Disney Channel where they were looking for something that didn't involve the Big Six. Or any of their friends, for that matter. Something that fit in the Disney Channel Over, but wasn't animated or with any mouse-like characters. And Disney was willing to try anything. Hell, there was a moment where they were airing movies that they got from seemingly everywhere. Fun fact... One of the movies that the Disney Channel aired in the mid-80s was called The Magic Statue. And yes, it was the three episodes of Turnabout edited together into a movie. No! No! Yesterworld has a great deep dive into the Disney Channel history about this. On the bright side, it did give us the Edison Twins.
2: The Edison Twins?
1: Uh, a science sitcom from Canada.
2: I have no idea what that
1: is. It, it, it starred Andrew Sabiston, who went on to voice Yoshi in Super Mario World, and Marty McBail, the Pride of Ohio.
2: Okay. Oh, this aired for like six seasons and 78 episodes. Yeah, we're not going to cover that. Okay, yeah, because God willing, I'm not covering something. We're going to be
1: here all night if we're going to cover no,
2: that. Oh, yeah, no. No, so, no,
1: okay. So in 1987, Brandon Tartikoff, who was chairman of NBC at the time, had a good idea here on an episode of Safe by the Bell is a reenactment of that idea he had.
2: You know, maybe there's something here. Maybe at NBC we should do a sitcom about a school principal and, and his kids. What? Really? Oh. Oh. Nah, it'll never work. <laughs>
1: How about if we do a sitcom at NBC with a principal and his kids? That'll never work. Well, it was kind of sort of accurate. The thing of it is, Brandon Tartikoff, the legend states that he wanted to do a sitcom that was based off of his favorite teacher. So, he called up Sam Bobrick and Peter Engel. Sam Bobrick would write out the premise, which was a well-known teacher and her kids. And Peter Engel was signed on to produce it. And helping him with that is a TV legend of the 70s and 80s. That would be Tom Tenowich. And remember, he was big on Morgan and Mindy during the early 80s. So, we have a premise of a teacher and her kids. But who are we going to get to play the teacher? Well, enter Haley Mills, who I want to say was acting on and off as she was uh, finishing up her career as a child actor. I don't know if she was looking for a role, but she sort of found one, dropped into her lap, and basically signed on as Carrie Bliss. And this was after, again, looking for more mature roles. Shirley... Well, also,
2: we'll also remember, she's coming off The Parent Trap too,
1: which was, I was just getting to that. Because, oh, yeah. yeah. Because in 1986, because, Greg, you are a fan of the Walt Disney anthology series. More specifically, the mid to late 80s era where you have The Wonderful World and Syndication and The Magical World and Disney Sunday movie on networks. and
2: Yeah, the Parent Trap 2 would have been 86.
1: Yeah, so she signed on to play the role of Carrie Bliss who was a teacher who was single and more involved with her children in school than she would be with anyone else, really.
2: She's married to her work. She's not married to anybody else.
1: Yeah, she's married to her career. Most of the time, she would be put in some morally difficult decisions that would affect her teaching and her students. And those play out in the course of the episode, and everything's nice and wrapped up at the end. It was your typical sitcom. And that's really all there is to it. So NBC took a look at the pilot. And they passed on it. But they did ultimately air it. Although they only aired it once in the middle of July in primetime in 1987.
0: And a fun fact, the pilot of Good Morning, Miss Bliss, aired in the time slot for the Facts of Life.
1: So they said, you know what, let's shop this pilot around, see if anybody bites. And again, queue back to Disney Channel looking for anything they can put on their schedule. They buy Good Morning Miss Bliss. But not without extensive retooling. Because on the pilot, we do have Miss Bliss... But I believe she was a 6th grade teacher. And her class was, to put it best, different.
2: Very different.
1: Yeah, for one, her principal wasn't Richard Belding. It was Gerald Belding, played by Oliver Clark. And her best friend, another teacher by the name of Tina Paledrino, was played by Marla O'Brien. And other such teachers were played by Julie Ronnie and Charlie Siebert. Of course, we all know what Charlie Siebert does, especially when you get him into a seat next to Dick Clark on the Pyramid. But then there's the class... Playing the role of Adam Moncrief, the resident preppy, was Brian Austin Green.
2: And remember, Mike, we talked about him because he had a cameo in Saved by the
1: Bell, the college years in the Thanksgiving episode.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: Yeah, another person who had a cameo in that episode was Jonathan Brandis, who was also in that class. A third student in the class was Bobby Wilson, played by Jaleel White. This was sometime after the Oreo commercial, but before Urkel.
2: Yeah. Well, also remember he was on the show Trolling Company on CBS. He would have yes, been coming we, off of that. With which we'll be covering yeah. sometime. Sometime. With Flip Wilson and Gladys Knight.
1: Yeah. Brian Austin Green as Adam Moncrief, he was basically the central student uh, thing you have to remember, this as a key difference between this show and Saved by the Bell. The students were important to the cast, but not central to the whole premise. And that would carry over into the series proper. But the central student was Adam Moncrief, who wore suits in the sixth grade. And uh, his best friends, or at least people who would tolerate him, would be Bobby Wilson, played by Julia White, Michael Thompson, played by Jonathan Brandis; and other students, uh, Gabrielle Damon as Bradley, Samantha Mills as Wendy, Julie Roddy as Lonnie Maple, Matt Shackman as Georgie Winslow. By the way, this would be before... Uh, he became Jr. on Just the Ten of Us, and way before he created Wandavision for Disney Plus.
2: Well, hold on a second, because I have something here. This is CNN breaking news. Okay, guys, if you listen to the It's Always Sunny podcast, Matt Shigman, as you know, has directed episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in the past, and I guess um. Glenn, Charlie, and Rob let it slip on the podcast that uh, he's going to be directing the Fantastic Four movie. What?
1: What?
2: It's not really that big a deal. The Trades already mentioned it like a week ago.
1: Yeah, but like I read the Trades? Come on. Well, I only read the TV bits of the Trades.
2: Well... Hopefully it doesn't suck balls like the WandaVision finale. Because we've already had three Fantastic Four movies
1: that sucked balls. We don't need a fourth. No, the, the original one. Well, wait a minute. There were four Fantastic Four movies.
2: That, I'm needing the three series. I'm not talking about Silver Surfer. I'm not including that. In, uh, oh, you're
1: not You're not including the uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer?
2: No, I'm talking about because the Because that films. was horrible. I understand that, but I'm including the three film series. The Corman version, the Tim Story ones from the 2000s, and the 2015 one.
1: Yeah, Roger Corman's uh, Fantastic Four was intentionally bad. The Fantastic Four with uh, Ewan Griffin and Jessica Alba and America's ass and Michael Chiklis, it was just okay.
2: Wait, so that's how you pronounce his name? The lead actor? Ewan Griffin, yes. I had no idea. I was like, how the hell do you pronounce this name? Ewan. Like Ewan McGregor. Yes. I never knew that. Okay. And the... 2015
1: one. the 2015 one, the less said about it, the better.
2: Hey, at least Miles Teller got to go on to Top Gun Maverick out of it.
1: True. And Michael B. Jordan's career escapes unscathed.
2: Well... He did learn a lot from Coach Taylor on the
1: East Dillon Lions. Yes. Yes, he did. So that was the class of the pilot of Good Morning, Miss Bliss, none of which would have made it to the actual series. For the series, we have a central core of five middle school archetypes. Your every kid, Mikey Gonzalez, was played by Max Batimo. And this was basically his only role of note on television, film, or whatever, because nowadays, he's actually refereeing hockey out west. True story. What? He is a hockey referee for, if I can bring it up here on Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, men's hockey at the Western Collegiate Hockey Association
2: the hell is the Western Collegiate Hockey Association?
1: Well, it's a collegiate association, and they play hockey out west. They have schools in— Is it a conference? That is a conference. It's a conference uh, involved with uh, schools in Alaska, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, and for some reason, Alabama.
2: Is it like an NCAA, or is it like an NAIA
1: sort of— thing? I think it's your CIAA sort of situation. Right now, there are only women in the WCHA. There's Bemidji State University, Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, Minnesota State Mankato, Ohio State University.
0: The word "the" will be edited out.
1: Thank God. Where could I get letters? St. Cloud State University, the University of St. Thomas, and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Now, this is a very loose sort of arrangement because all of them still have primary conferences. Like uh, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Madison are all in the Big Ten. But uh, the men's side of the conference had ten members in its final season, so it's no longer a men's club. Oh, so okay. I guess Max Patimo is refereeing women's hockey now? Okay. All right. Uh, the stuff you learned on this podcast. Okay. And then you have your spoiled princess, Lisa Turtle, played by, of course, the one and only Lark Voorhees. Her best friend, the voice of reason and the moral compass of the group. Nikki Coleman, played by Heather Hopper, whose only other role is... I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say on this podcast. Her only other role, besides Good Morning Miss Bliss, was in an episode of The Shield in 2002, where she played... And this, I swear to God, is her character's name... A two bit whore. <laughs> She's a who? She's a hookah. But right after Good Morning, Miss Bliss, to just sort of even it all out, she did play Tessa de Blasio in Troop Beverly Hills, so.
2: Oh, Troop Beverly Hills, a classic. Mm hmm. Made Jenny
1: Lewis's career. I thought that rock and roll. Th- no! The Wizard made Jenny Lewis's career.
2: No, I'm going to fight, fight me. you. me on this. No, True Beverly me. Hills made her career. Everyone knows this.
1: And then you have the dweeby, nerdy, geeky, awkward kid Samuel Screech Powers played by the late, great Dustin Diamond. And rounding out the cast is a little blonde, scamp named Zack Morris, played by, who else? Mark Paul Gosling. So, to review, Mikey is the every kid, Screech is the geek, Nikki's the voice of reason and the moral compass, Lisa is the spoiled princess, and... Zack Morris is
0: trash!
1: And of course, they are joined on the adult end of things by uh, fellow teacher Tina Paladrino, played in this iteration by Joan Ryan, who is known nowadays as a voice casting person. She casts oh. voices. Oh. Yeah. But after this show got canceled, she did make the rounds on The Young and the Restless and ended up in something called Hot Guys with Guns. <laughs> Hot Guys with Guns? Is that? Hot.
2: Hold on. Hold on a second. We're going to debut a new segment on this podcast. It's called Is It On 2 Be? Is it on 2 Is it on 2 Is it on 2B? Craig's gonna go and search it now to find out if it's on 2 Okay, Hot Guys with Guns.
0: Was that brought to you by the producers of I Love Lesbians 12?
2: <laughs> Wait a sec, Hold on, what year did it come out, Chico? Hot guys- 20, uh, Hot Guys with
1: Guns came out in 2013. Guys? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's on Tubi! Oh, no! (laughs) This has been Is it on Tubi?
0: Tubi has every damn thing.
1: Tubi does have every damn thing. (laughs) And then there's the principal, Richard Belding, played by, of course, Dennis Haskins, the pride of Tennessee, and Rounding out the cast of adults is a janitor, custodian, raconteur, and jack-of-all-trades, Milo Williams, played by future It Was A Thing Hall of Famer T.K. Carter.
2: Oh, definitely. He's definitely a future Hall of Famer. Of course, he would have been coming off playing a genie in just our luck. Which and we're
1: still looking for. We
2: only have one episode. It's, we need the entire series. From the clips I've seen, it's batch sh- insane, this series.
1: We're, we are, hey, I'm just saying, we have the technology. Somebody out there knows something. If we could find, if somebody out in this whole internet could find the Sailor Moon pilot. They can find the
2: rest of just our luck. Thank you! Hey, we're still looking for Mr. Smith. We're still hoping one day we can get Mr. Smith. The entire run on streaming somewhere.
1: Hashtag Someone Mr. has Smith to help Smith us!
2: Come on, Tubi! Somebody! Keto Lorber! Crackle! I don't care! We
1: need the run of Mr. Smith! Keto Lorber! Crackle! Tubi! Boo Boo! Voodoo! ILO! back Factory! Toku Shoutsu! Come on, somebody! But also,
2: he would have been coming off playing Punky Brewster's teacher in the second season of Punky Brewster.
1: Mike Bolton, yes. Yes. After the aborted pilot of the spinoff, that did not get picked up.
2: Yeah, unfortunate, but...
1: Yeah, if uh. I could find out what episode it is, I might slap it on the next pilot, but who knows?
2: Well, at least he helped us get through the Challenger together.
1: Yes, what by sitting on episode. the floor, as far away from space as possible.
2: Yeah. Ugh.
1: I don't know what Alan was thinking
2: in that episode, thinking that Mr. T was going to rescue them. I'm like, Alan, what is wrong with you?
1: Casey Ellison, if you are listening to this episode, we are so sorry. Anyway, so you probably see ...all of the episodes and not even know about it, so we're just going to get right into the pilot, which you probably haven't seen, but is on YouTube if you know where to look. Wink, wink. On the first day of school, Miss Carrie Bliss intervenes on behalf of a troubled new student and tries to balance her personal and professional lives. Meanwhile, her new husband, Charlie, struggles to accept her devotion... To her career. Okay, so things I didn't know before researching this podcast: in the original version of Good Morning, Miss Bliss, she was married to Charlie Siebert. Ah, I did not know this. Oh, neat. And we already went over the class and the pilot. What we didn't go over was the fact that it was directed by Peter Bonner's who directed damn near everything in the 80s and 90s, it seems like. Uh, He's a longtime director of Bob Newhart, Murphy Brown, Police Academy 6. He actually played Ed Weinberger in Man in the Moon. Because if you remember, uh, Ed Weinberger was one of the creators of Taxi. That's right, he was. mm -hmm. Fun fact, the last... uh, credit he has on IMDb? Well, future Entry 2011's Fleet My Dad Says. That was his last known credit. So from there, we take a seismic shift from wherever that pilot was to John F. Kennedy Middle School in Indianapolis. Now, I did some research and is there a John F. Kennedy school in Indianapolis. There's a John F. Kennedy high school in Indianapolis, but not a John F. Kennedy middle school. So we go into the series proper with all of the people proper and the plot proper. And the first episode, Summer Love. During the first day back of The new school year at JFK Junior High, preppy and pathological liar, Zach Morris, trash, runs into a ninth grade student named Karen, with whom he lied about his age earlier that summer in order to get her to know her better. He persuades classmates Mikey, Screech, Tina, and Nikki to help with this charade, because he apparently tells Karen... That he's in ninth grade. Well, so when she sees him hanging with the eighth graders, he has to make up a bat guano insane excuse. He's in the special ninth grade.
0: Zag Morris is trash. Oh, God.
2: But it's a difference of one year. Like, who
1: cares? It, it, yeah, it's like one of those things where, you know what, 20 years, it's not even gonna... It's not matter. even gonna matter in, like, 30 years. And, and like Aaliyah said, age ain't nothing but a number.
2: I'd make a comment about that, but I would get... No, no no, 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 no,
1: we're not gonna make a comment Oh, no.
2: That. <laughs> Especially if you know who she
1: married later on, so... Wink, wink. Meanwhile, Miss Bliss tries to squeeze a dinner date into her new schedule with her new boyfriend, Brian a doctor. So, in the series proper, we've shifted everything to Indianapolis, we've shifted from elementary school to middle school, and we've shifted Carrie from being married to single? Divorced? Uh, uh, Widowed? Uh, you... mm-hmm. Confused? By the way, a uh, couple of names in this episode, playing the role of Karen, Zach's summer love would be Carla Gugino, and you would know her best as the mom from Spy Kids, among other things. Yes. And playing the doctor, Brian, Barry Jenner. Barry Jenner? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's great. Lieutenant Murtaugh. Lieutenant Murtaugh. From family matters,
1: his actually his full name with the title is Lieutenant Lieutenant Murtaugh. What? Because he changed, he's legally changed his name to Lieutenant when he was promoted. Everybody just calls him Lou for short.
2: What if he gets another promotion though? Then he's going to
1: legally change his name to Captain. Captain Captain Murtaugh. Captain Captain Murtaugh. Cap. Cap for short. It worked for that old-timey baseball player. Cap, what's his name? Cap Anson? Cap Anson, yeah.
2: Never thought we'd have a Cap Anson reference (laughs) on this podcast.
1: Stick around, kids. We're full of surprises. And that was the uh, first episode that aired on the Disney Channel on November 30th, 1988. Second episode that aired a week later in the same time slot: Love Letters. Screech asks Zack to write a love note for him to give to Lisa in exchange for writing his term paper. Miss Bliss inadvertently discovers the note and general chaos ensues, or some would say hilarity, when she thinks Zack wrote it for her. Oh Zach- no! <laughs> Then Mr. Belding finds it, and thinks Miss Bliss wrote it for him, and then Tina finds it, and so on, leading to hilarity ensuing. Uh-oh! <laughs> 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 then Belding and Miss Bliss discover the note, discover Zack's term paper, they were written on the same typewriter, you see kids in 1988, you had these things called typewriters.
2: Yeah, people still use those.
1: <laughs> Even though there
2: was Apple IIs all over the place in 1988, apparently some people used typewriters still in 1988.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, there's Apple 2s they're not just for the Oregon Trail, okay? So, Carrie puts two and two together and figures out this love letter has to do with this term paper. And she goes to try and figure out what Zack and Screech's role into this. And Mr. Belly was like, well, who is it? And she's all like, why should I tell you? You just dumped me. Yeah, turns out Screech gets a D for his effort. Zack, he gets a zero. Good! By the way, uh, this episode was written by David Garber and Bruce Kalish, who would go on to be executive producers of no less than three seasons in the Power Rangers franchise, back when it was owned by Disney, to bring it all full circle.
0: Let's take it even a step further regarding Bruce Kalish. His parents are Austin and Irma Kalish. Irma Kalish sounds familiar legendary writers, legendary I can- writers. I mean, I, I, I could name just off the top of my head. Some of the shows they did, they wrote a number of episodes and produced a number of episodes of too close for comfort. Two Two Seven, Good times. Oh, Madeline facts of life. I mean, there's so many shows that Irma and Austin Kalish wrote or produced. Legendary, and their son is legendary too. And their son, his spouse, we've talked about her, Leah Ayers.
1: Yep, fake-ass Marsha. Episode 3, Wall Street.
2: Oh, this is the episode we came here for.
1: Yep. After Zach breaks his dad's $300 video camera, recording the Zeffirelli twins doing their workouts,
2: what kind of workout were they doing, Chico? It's
1: the '80s. Take a guess. They were doing aerobics. Zach asks Mikey to help him scam enough money to buy a new one before his father finds out. When Miss Bliss's current history topic is the stock market, Zach sees a chance of making it big and deceives Miss Bliss into investing a high-risk stock involving potatoes. And when the stock drops, It cost Miss Plus a lot of pocket money. A few things you have to understand about this episode. When it all started, they were investing in an airline that merged with another airline, and they made a meager fortune. In the back of Carrie's mind, she's not thinking about that, well, she is thinking about uh, teaching about the world of finance and whatnot. She's thinking about a new car that she's about to buy. She's about to put the down payment. She's about to drive that sucker off the lot today. Yeah. And and her words, the first thing she's going to do, well, I'll just let her explain it.
0: Burn rubber in the school zone.
2: Yeah, but let's talk about Zach's plan here.
1: Yeah. Uh, Zach was directed to the library. Amazing he found the damn place. And he found a sort of commodities trading guide. And getting the absolute wrong message from it, read about a guy who made a fortune selling... POTATOES!
2: POTATOES!
1: And he and Mikey sneak into the classroom to change everything up so they take all of their money and buy it on margin, mind you. In a potato stock. But hold on, before that, though... But before that, they got caught by Milo. And Mikey, because he's a good boy and he's a forthright kid... He asks Milo a very important question. What do you know about potatoes? Potatoes go with everything. You can boil them, bake them, fry them for them. They're the food of the 90s.
2: See? What else do you know about potatoes? We're right in the middle of National Potato Month. Whoa. Whoa. This is better than I thought.
1: Thanks, Milo. Hey, don't mention it. Milo, what do you know about potatoes? Well, potatoes cover everything. Big Boy and Bacon Brian Blame, they're the food of the 90s. What else do you know? We are right in the middle of National Potato Month. How did Milo know it was
2: National Potato Month? Because that's what he does, dammit! He knows things! Was he on top of those stupid days? Like, before it was a thing on Twitter? Like, you know how everything's like, it's National Siblings Day today. Or it's National, like, Baseball Glove Collecting Day. You know those stupid days that they come up on social media that you think, oh, those are obviously made up? He probably knew about 30 years ago those were a thing.
1: Yes. That's what he does. He knows things. He is a knower. Of things.
2: So Zach and Mikey are like, you know what? We're gonna put all our money from Miss Bliss's class, we're gonna put it on margin potatoes. I'm sure, like nothing's gonna go wrong. We're gonna be super rich. Everyone's gonna make a lot of money.
1: Something goes wrong. What? The stock drops. Drops is it fluctuated? No. Drops is it dead? And guess who finds out about it at the worst possible time? And guess what happens afterwards? She ends up having to owe all of the money she lost in the potato stock back. So she can't buy the car she was having her eye on. Uh-oh! <laughs> Sad! With the sadness! But the next day, or the next Monday, because this all happens on a Friday, the next Monday, Miss Bliss apologizes for snapping at her class, but not without a lesson learned. She delivers all of the potatoes that they bought. And she gives everybody the assignment of selling every last one with the words, I'm driving with the top down this summer.
2: Well, as old told us, you can do anything with potatoes. They're going to be making a mid-on french fries, let
1: me tell you. Hey, Chico likes his fries curly, thank you very much. Just to let you know. Just so you
2: know. No, I want those big-ass steak fries.
1: Episode 4, Leaping to Conclusions. Nikki refuses to do Mr. Morton's science class, which involves dissecting frogs. So she, aided by Zach, Lisa, Mikey, and Screech, releases them, which makes things worse instead of better. Meanwhile, Mr. Belding tries to be friendly to Miss Bliss after mistakenly thinking that she's received an offer for a teaching position at a private school. Yeah, because Mr. Belding, he he runs everything on a shoestring budget. And he has one word for anybody who needs teaching aids. Requisition form. I know that's two words. That's the joke. So... All of a sudden, all of the requisitions she put in magically are filled. And apparently, so are Mr. Morton's frogs, because he has a second shipment. But Nikki, because she is a good girl, and also a virtuous girl, is letting Mr. Morton keep all of the frogs except for hers. She freed hers. But Mr. Morton, before he has a chance to bail Nikki for the assignments, is given a disc that simulates a frog's anatomy. Pop it in the computer. Save the organ control for later, maybe. And well, everybody learns a lesson, and Zach Morris does not get to drop kick a frog's pancreas. Thank God. Thank God, indeed. Uh, Playing the role of Mr. Morton is Daryl Carroll, who was actually Charlie in, are you ready, Elvira Mistress of the Dark. Elvira Mistress of the Dark. That was actually his last role before landing Good Morning, Miss Bless. Oh, that's great. Yep.
2: Oh, but hold on a second. Episode five. We said episode three was the reason why we're here. I'm sorry, I stand corrected. Episode five is the reason why
1: we're here. Yep. Parents and teachers. During student-teacher week, Zach's divorced father, Peter Morris, is rekindling his old flame, who happens to be Miss Bliss, much to Zach's chagrin. Uh Uh-oh! (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, wait. We haven't gotten to the good bit yet. Playing the role of Peter Morris, he's a charmer, Robert Pine.
2: I hear his son commands a store ship these days.
1: Well, I hear his son looks like a Karen these days if you've seen the news recently.
2: Oh, yeah. Now, hold on a second. No, no, no. Do not spit on Chris Pine, Harry Styles. Don't spit on him. All right. Don't. Do you really want Captain Kirk to get
1: mad at you? No, yeah, no, no. You don't want Captain Kirk mad at you,
2: man. How much of a trade wreck was that behind the scenes on "Don't
1: Worry, Darling"? Oh God. Oh gosh. I, I don't. I don't even know. I mean, I. I. I'm sure the movie is going to be incredibly uh, riveting, but. That was the drama right there.
2: Oh, Florence Pugh, you're a saint.
1: Yeah, and you can also kick my butt, which makes me respect you even that much more. Episode 6, Showdown. It's a showdown, going down, now you're
2: gonna mess around. Showdown, put your nose down. Showdown.
1: Zack of the gang encourages Screech to stand up to a ninth grade bully named Deke Simmons, unaware of what causes the guy's rough exterior, in which Miss Bliss learns that Deke is illiterate. Meanwhile, Lisa and Nikki are arguing over how to perform in Nikki's school play, while Tina and Milo argue over the use of the school stage. Because Tina and Milo are Tina and Milo, and Nikki and Lisa are Nikki and Lisa. And Screech is about to get his face rearranged, By a guy who can't read. There's a lot of things going on in this episode. But the one thing that you have to understand is. This is Miss Bliss at her Miss Blissius. She convinces Deke. To get some help. And of course Deke. Before he goes and bases down Screech. And everybody else admits his problem to Screech, and he's like, no, this is wrong. I say I can't read, you laugh, and then I punch your face. And Screech is like, I can't laugh, because that's not funny. Suffice it to say, Deke turns over a new leaf shortly after that. Deek was played by Andres Jones, who... If you are listening to other podcasts, he is the host and creator of Radio 8-Ball. He also played Rick in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master. And he plays Jeff Martin in the 1992 Grand Opus for the Sega CD, Night Trap.
2: Oh, Night Trap.
1: The first game to ever receive an M rating. And I'll tell you right now, just to save you the trouble, the game wasn't that good. No, it wasn't. Episode 7, Save the Last Dance for Me. Zach and Mikey's friendship threatens to come to an end over a girl who Mikey likes, but who asks Zach to the school dance. Meanwhile, Mr. Belding is wary about holding the school dance because of the threat of violence from the students while Miss Bliss crashes it with her latest dancing bow. Playing the girl at the center of all of this is Alexandra Lee. Her name is Shana, and she's actually a producer nowadays. She's more in line with uh, true crime stuff. Uh, Her works include Real Murders of Atlanta, Accident, Suicide, or Murder, Florida Man Murders, and 60 Days in Narco land. So, if you want a true crime documentary on television, she's your girl. Playing Miss Bliss's new beau, Sherman, is Lonnie Burr, who, he looks like Incredibly unassuming until you get him out on the dance floor and he can bust a move. He played Arnie Sardi on three episodes of Falcon Crest.
2: Oh, Falcon Crest!
1: Yep, and he also played O'Leary in the legendary "It's Your Move" two-parter, "The Dregs of Humanity." Oh, that's great!
2: The Dregs of you. You know what? I have a copy of the episode. We can eventually one day do a live show of it. When we did it, trip move, like, back in early 2020, most of the episodes weren't on YouTube. Dregs of Humanity was not one of them. But I did find the episode. Eventually it came back on YouTube. I downloaded it. And I have it saved to Google Drive. We can do a live watch of it one day, so. Yeah. Hopefully Sony doesn't go after us like NBC did on YouTube
1: with Friday Night yeah. Lights, Chico. Don't think I haven't forgotten about that NBC Universal. Episode eight. The Boy Who Cried Rat. Zach releases Screeches pet rats in the school to avoid taking a midterm, but things take a turn when the situation turns bad for Miss Bliss, who is up for the Teacher of the Year Award. The Teacher of the Year Award. The Teacher
2: of the Year. Year Award. So all the teachers in the United States, she's
1: up for the Teacher of the Year. She's, hey, this is around the time where Disney Channel has those bumper that says, Disney Channel salutes the American teacher. Well, oh, here that, you go. An well, American teacher who's British for some an, reason.
2: An American teacher who's British. Maybe she has dual
1: citizenship. We know. Of course know. she has dual citizenship. Oh, that is true. And was- she's
2: classy as hell. That's right. Haley Mills is classy as hell.
1: Yeah. And this was, of course, the Bliss Challenge. That was the whole crux of her uh, teaching, which is basically this whole history quiz bowl sort of thing where everybody was being reviewed on what happens when and where, and they're all getting ready for this midterm, but Zach is not ready for it. So he has screech release rats at the time. Miss Atwater, who by the way is played by Martina Finch, who is known mostly for the role of Teresa Bagley in nineteen eighty Wise Guy. But that's not important, right? Oh, now. wait, wait, hold on,
2: hold on. Which plot point in Wise Guy is it? The one with Ray Shorkey, or is it
1: the one with Kevin Spacey? Um. Uh so nineteen eighty seven, so it'd be
2: Which episode number? Season one,
1: episode seven.
2: Okay, so that is the Ray uh plotline. plot Ray- line. Yes. Oh, but hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> You're not gonna believe this, guys. But I rewatched some cause I should note that Wise Guy is on Tubi <laughs> because duh, it's film rise, of course.
1: Of course it's on 2B. Of course it's on 2B. It's freaking Bell
2: Rice. Come on. You know who played like Ray Shorky's like second in uh that storyline on Wise Guy? No. Dennis Lipscomb. That's right. Dennis Lipscomb <laughs> from the famous Teddy Z. Yep. <laughs> he was like his
1: accountant, Ray Shorky, in that storyline on Wise Guy. Yeah, but back to this whole Bliss challenge thing, the lady, Dr. Atwater, because Mr. Belding wants the odds to be in Miss Bliss's favor, she gets the entire class to really ham up the whole reviewing thing. Oh, yeah, they're
2: all like, oh, Miss Bliss, you're so great. Yeah, Miss Bliss. Yeah, you're awesome.
1: Yeah. And of course, Miss Bliss is smarter than that, so she's like, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but it's gotta stop.
2: Oh, you're all full
1: of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't try and put one on, her. Just don't. By the way, Miss Bliss wins the Teacher of the Year award. Yeah! Episode 9, Let's Get Together. Zach and Nikki are fighting when they're partnered for a class project on famous American inventions and how life has been better by them and how to sell them on somebody who would actually be using them for the first time. This makes things ultimately much worse for both of them. Oh, yeah, it definitely does. Meanwhile... Tina breaks up with her boyfriend, Donnie, and moves in with Miss Bliss, and she quickly drives Miss Bliss crazy. Oh, no! Yeah. Screech is demoing the camera with a lady by the name of Jennifer, who is played by Devin Odessa, who's best known as Sharon Chursky in My So-Called Life, and uh, the Succubus in 1998 Sleepwalkers.
2: Oh, she was a succubus in Sleepwalk. She was a
1: damn succubus. Oh, damn it. Where's the Loch Ness Monster? See, I saw that episode of South Park. <laughs> Lisa and Mikey are working on a typewriter while Zach and Nikki have the telephone. And Zach pretty much saves the day in a rare turn when he calls mickey using his phone This is not the brick phone that we're used to seeing oh but... no
2: it's not the famous phone
1: yeah this is more like a corded phone wireless model sort of deal and miss bliss was like so if it wasn't for this telephone you two wouldn't be friends you get an a minus okay you know what it works okay Episode 10, Practical Jokes. Screech is put on trial for pulling a prank on Miss Bliss. Oh, she had an unfold streak, Miss Bliss. Oh, yeah, this was like harvest days, and Miss Bliss was very proud that she was too smart to fall for any of her kids' pranks. Or Mr. Belding's, for that matter. Oh, yeah,
2: she was like the Cal Ripken of not getting fooled by pranks.
1: Yeah, so somebody painted her chair. And then, for some reason, Screech owns up to it. Why? Why would Screech do that? But here's the thing. He's innocent. So... Miss Bliss transforms her entire classroom into a court and has the kids learn the legal system in a weekend so they can put Screech on trial. Ultimately, Screech is acquitted after he takes the fifth and after Nikki illegally, illegally, because Zach read a book, God help him, Acquired evidence from his locker. By the way, we mentioned that Screech takes the fifth, right? Yeah. Spoil
0: it, I it. Spoil it,
1: I it. Screech was actually setting up a trap for Miss Bliss, and she fell for it.
2: Oh, so he did it all along?
1: No, he did not paint the chair, but oh. he did rig his locker to spray. Uh, ping-pong balls and silly shit. At at her. Yes.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh. That screech. Who knew he was such a prankster?
1: Who knew, indeed. Maybe Kevin taught him that. Maybe. Episode 11. Stevie. Zach bets with Nikki that he can kiss a 17-year-old pop singer named Stevie giving her final performance at JFK Middle School. So Zach pretends he's dying to get it and fools nearly everyone, except, of course, Miss Bliss, who knows Zach's reputation as a compulsive and pathological liar and all-around scumbag. Meanwhile, Stevie stays with her favorite old teacher, Three he guesses who it is in the first two to count. By the way... Stevie is basically a sort of Hannah Montana pastiche. Her real name is Colleen Morton, and both Stevie and Colleen are played by Suzanne Tara, who played an extra in previous entry, Ferris Bueller. Stop
2: yelling at me! Why is the music of this theme song sound like a 1991 Super Nintendo game? I have no idea. I didn't even notice the theme until I heard the episode. It's like, this is clearly something out of a Super Nintendo game. Who
0: wouldn't want to play a Ferris Blue Super Nintendo game? I would.
2: Hold on. Time out. I would rather play. Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball on the Super NES than play a game based on the Ferris Bueller TV show.
0: I never said the TV show. I said just based on Ferris Bueller. Let's say the movie. Let's say the okay, movie. Okay, the movie, yes.
2: But the TV show, no. I'd rather play Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball instead. Damn. Have you ever played Bill Lambier's Combat Basketball? Yes, I have. That's why I said damn. It's awful. It's terrible. One word. Basket. BASKET BASKET BASKET
1: BASKET 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 Two things of note, like we said, Stevie is basically the uh, Hannah Montana to Miley Cyrus's whatever, and Colleen has actually said that Stevie is giving her last concert at JFK because Colleen is going off to college to her name. Oh, yeah,
2: because Notre Dame's in South Bend.
1: Yes. So, not a far drive from where Colleen matriculated. And, of course, Zach actually runs into Colleen and kisses her. Woo! Yeah, he thought it was nice. Then the concert comes. She ends up singing for Screech. And Zach was like, Stevie, you are incredible. And Stevie, because Stevie's a smart person who just got accepted to Notre Dame and is a former student of Miss Bliss who actually learned a thing or two, just looks at Zach and says, My friends call me Colleen, but Zach's friends do not believe that they kissed. But they did. They did! But they don't believe him. That's their problem. Because... Zag Morris is trash! Episode 12, Clubs and Clicks. Zag is invited to join a cool club called the Rigbus by two guys, two high school guys, unaware that he is the victim of a prank which nearly costs him his friends when he's forced to bully and humiliate them. Meanwhile, Miss Bliss becomes principal for the week and Mr. Belding gets to teach her class. In two
2: words, hilarity ensues.
1: I'll tell you right now, everybody knows all about their cool club parties and and the way that they sort of reveal that Zach Morris is the mark is kind of weird. Because Zach pretty much asks him, well, what did they make you do to get into the club? And they tell him, they made us find an eighth grader and make him think that we're pledging him. And he's like, oh, really? How'd the poor sap take it? And they're like, I don't know. Why don't you tell us? By the way, the two guys are named Rick and Trevor. Rick is played by Trevor Edmonds. So Trevor plays a guy named Rick. And Christopher Carter Hooks plays a guy named Trevor. Neither of them have done anything notable. Okay. Final episode, this is the tearjerker right here. Oh, yeah. The Mentor. The unorthodox teaching methods of Miss Bliss's former history teacher comes in conflict with Mr. Belding when he is brought in to substitute for her. Meanwhile, Nikki is the star pitcher for the JFK softball team, but has second thoughts when Lisa tells her to get in touch with her domestic side. This episode just... It has everything. It has uh, Robert Donner playing... James Lyman, who molded Carrie Bliss to the teacher we all know and love. And, of course, Robert Donner. Morgan any... Mindy. Morgan Mindy. Come on. Come on. And one of the writers of this episode is Terrence McDonald. Who, aside from being a prolific writer, he's written for Battlestar Galactica, The Bionic Woman, he was also a researcher on The Joker's Wild, a story editor for Mask, Kid Video, and Spiral Zone, and a producer on Jeopardy and Win Ben Stein's Money.
2: Oh, but I also noticed that there's two things that he had a screenwriting credit for, Chico. What's that? First, he had a screenwriting credit on Riptide.
1: That's sweet-ass room.
2: Oh yes. But also he had a screenwriting credit for X-Men the Animated Series.
1: Ah Yep. Yep. And we're actually going to talk about somebody who was actually on X-Men the Animated Series in the next episode.
2: So. That's right. Also, X-Men ninety seven coming to Disney Plus. Can't wait.
1: Yes. This was the last episode to air before all of the episodes were bundled into the Safe by the Bell this episode had everything. Uh, Mr. Lyman was, was like, you can tell that Robert Donner and Haley Mills really had that simpatico going at the end season. And when they were talking with each other, arguing about what's wrong with education in general is that the good ones are, are getting pushed out. He's like, and he basically comes to remind them it's all about the kids. So, Carrie basically has to take what she learned from her teacher and apply it to her kids. Yes. And it all ends with this incredible soliloquy where Robert Donner as Mr. Lyman is in Abraham Lincoln uh, cosplay delivering the Gettysburg Address.
0: Mr. Lyman? Is that you?
1: My name... Is Abraham
0: Lincoln? Oh, same thing happened to my grandfather. <laughs> you dig it. Seeing a man who's been dead over a hundred years walking down your hall as a way of attracting one's attention. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Is this the beginning of Mr. Lyman's comeback? No.
2: I think it's his farewell address. What a way to go.
0: Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived or so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who gave their lives that that
1: nation might live. And Belding and Miss Bliss are in the corner of like, you think this is Mr. Lyman's comeback speech? And Carrie Bliss is like, no, I think it's his farewell address. But what a way to go. And I tell you, this episode got me feeling some kind of way. Let me tell you. Am I the only one feeling like this? Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, no. I remember watching this episode back in the day. And that speech is very great.
1: That was the entire run of Good Morning, Miss Bliss. It ran until March of 89. And six months later, NBC picked it up again. But not without some retooling. Out was Indianapolis, JFK, Milo, Mikey, and Nikki. In was Bayside, California, Bayside, Slater, Jesse, and Kelly. And fun fact, Jesse wasn't even supposed to be on Safe by the Bell. I did not know this. Yeah, they wrote that role of Jesse Spano for Elizabeth Berkeley,
2: so I'm guessing she would have auditioned for
1: Kelly, she would have auditioned for
2: Kelly, Wow, so they must have been so impressed with her they were like we gotta make like a whole new character just for her
1: yeah it's like they couldn't decide uh between uh her. Tiffany Deon and Elizabeth Berkeley, so they decided mm-hmm. to write the second character, but that's another uh show for another day, yeah and then when they sold it into syndication, not only did they buy the uh, first two seasons, because remember, it went into syndication during season three on NBC, they added on the 13 episodes of Good Morning Miss Bliss, but they made new opens to match the Saved by the Bell opens, and for reasons unknown, which to this day, makes absolutely no sense. They tacked on like a 30-second stinger, with Zack explaining that this is from the junior high days. Never mind that Good Morning, Miss Bliss and Saved by the Bell were, before all of this happened, two separate shows. The only way I can possibly explain this, and apologies in advance to Secret Galaxy's Dan Larson, Multiverse!
2: Yeah, I have a theory that there's a save by the Bell multiverse.
1: Greg, the floor is yours.
2: Okay. Alright. Why is there in the junior high season they're in Indiana, and then they're in California? How does that happen? How do you explain in... The last season, how there's episodes with Tori, and then all of a sudden, Jesse and Kelly are back in the middle of the season. Multiverse. Multiverse. That explains how (laughs) Daxel's like, and we never see that person again. Probably effing killed themselves. Zach Morris must be like Kang. In the Save by the Bell multiverse, he is probably making all these people probably effing kill themselves.
1: And if you want to re watch or watch all of this stuff, like we said before, the pilot is on YouTube, if you know where to look. And the episodes have been released on DVD as part of the Save by the Bell complete collection, thanks to our friends at Shout Factory. And if I'm not mistaken, you can watch these episodes streaming on Peacock?
2: Yes, they're on Peacock. All the Junior High episodes are on Peacock.
1: But they have the Saved by the Bell splash on them. Opening, yeah. So this is the syndication package. Yes. So it's like we said, this show was syndicated everywhere. But yeah, I mean... A legend of lost but not really television, and nowadays it is semi quasi, kinda, sorta part of Saved by the Bell legend. But in 1988, good morning, Miss Bliss. It was just a thing on TV. Yep. Final thoughts?
2: (laughs) Um, no, I just remember watching this the episodes like, when they were on syndication, especially, like, on TBS, because, like, if you remember, TBS would air, like, Saved by the Bell, like, twice a day. Like, I think at, like, 5 o'clock or something?
1: Exactly. They would air at 5 o'clock twice a day. And by that time, they had uh 26 episodes from Season 1, or 24 episodes from Season 1, and, like, 24 from Season 2, and then the 13 from this run. And 12-year-old Chico watching this was like this makes absolutely no sense it doesn't match up with anything no
2: even as a kid i'm trying to figure this out like this makes no sense like this makes absolutely no sense it's like trying to figure out the chewbacca defense
1: no sense at all okay it's like robert pine does not look like john Sanderford. what's going on here but yeah, it looks like the clock on the wall is saying that class is dismissed, so we'll just say that you can listen to all 304 episodes before this one on, it Was a Thing on tv.com as well as all of our live shows, our mini-sodes, our special events. Uh, we have the Into the Spidey Movieverse scheme that Greg and I did, and also the Presents episodes, and all of it, well, most of it, will be up on our YouTube page if you you are so inclined, please subscribe, like our videos, hit that notification bell.
2: Zag Morris is trash.
1: So you can stay up to date with all of our entries, including what we have planned for Thursday, which is actually the 35th anniversary of perhaps a very revolutionary Saturday morning TV series. It's- yeah. Two adult for the kids. Two juvenile for the adults. It was the first show to integrate CG special effects and the first show to function as a parable for fascism and the first show to feature somebody dying and all to sell toys. Wow. We'll talk more about that next time, right here on It Was a Thing on TV. For Greg, for Mike, I'm Chico. Thank you so much for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Zag Morris is trash!